Good morning. Welcome to Calvary Baptist Church. I'm so glad that you're with us online this morning. Um, I know it's different. It's not what we're used to, but I'm really excited about this brand new series we're starting. And this series is called At Your Service. And so we're going to be talking about how we can be the body of Christ in a moment when it feels like some of the things that we do that are so important to church life, we can't do, like gathering together. So how can we do that, and how do we honor Christ as the body of Christ, even though we can't come and shake hands and hug each other and have coffee together? So we, we started, um, last week we talked about this, and we've been in this series, we've been talking about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. And we've been talking about how God calls us to grow up in our faith, to grow up in our Christianity, to grow up as disciples of Jesus. And so that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be pushing and growing up. And how do we as disciples of Jesus grow up during this time? Well, if you're not a Christian, and I would encourage you to keep watching anyways, um, so that you could tell other Christians what they're supposed to be doing. But if you are a Christian, Jesus said it, Paul said it, Peter said it, and now we're going to see John say the same thing in 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to continue on with this. In 1 John chapter 4, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear in love. As Christians, we should not live, during, we should not live with fear during this time or any other time. Fear shouldn't be the thing that drives us. So what do we mean by fear? Well, there's a lot of talk about not being fearful, about not overreacting, about uh, holding it together, about continuing our normal lives. There's a lot of talk about overreacting. There's a lot of talk about hyping things up or stirring up fear. So how do we know the difference between fear and wisdom? How do we know the difference between fear and and wisdom. How do we know we're, we're being overly fearful and how do we know we're just being wise and using the, the brain that God gave us and the, the nudging of the Holy Spirit to do what is good and what is right? Well, fear does two things. Fear, first off, causes us to overreact. And when I was a kid in Japan growing up, I had to take the trash out. I've had to take out the trash my whole life. I started taking out the trash when I was about three years old. Um, not really, uh, but, but by the time I was probably 12 or 13, I was taking out the trash regularly. And in Japan, the trash, there's a central location. You had to take the trash and set it down, and then the trash people would come and get it on certain days. You didn't, they didn't come around to every house because some of the roads were really small, and it would be really difficult to get a trash truck through those streets. And so we would take it to a central location. So I had to walk down this path that was near a wooded area, and it was kind of creepy. In fact, it was really creepy, and I would wait until the last minute on the last day before trash pickup to take the trash out. So it would be like 9 o'clock at night, and I would remember, oh, i got to take out the trash. And so then I would get up out of bed, and I would go out back and get the trash and start walking down to the trash. And I had to go down this little path, and then I'd go down these, these um, concrete steps, and then down the road to the trash place. And as I'm going down the little path, it seemed like every week, as I'm going down the little path, I would start to get this feeling in the back of my neck, like something is out there. 
something is watching me. Something is going to get me. And I could swear that I could hear them behind me, like pitter-patter, you know, walking behind me. And, and so then I would start walking faster and faster and faster and faster until I was in an all-out run. And I would be running bags of trash in my hands, ah! <laughs> running to the trash, and I'd put the trash down. And then I'd come back home, and I would run as fast as I could back home, just sure that some monster or something was going to jump out and get me. And wouldn't you know it, one week, um, as I'm running as fast as I can, um, I trip. My foot catches on a root or something, and I trip, and I fall, and I'm injured. And there was nothing actually chasing me, but because I had fear, I overreacted and actually did end up injuring myself. And that's what fear could do to us. Fear could cause us to overreact. It could cause us to do stupid stuff. And when we're reacting to fear, we're really likely to do stupid stuff like this. This guy, um, who uh, my friend sent me this. He said he, he discovered this uh, individual. We don't know if it's a guy or a gal, but I'm guessing. Um, I, I can't imagine a female would dress up like this. I don't know. I'm not going to make the call. Um, you can. I think the shorts are a nice touch but this is at the Uniontown Walmart. Uh, so this is a little bit overreacting, and their legs aren't covered, so they're totally going to get the plague through their legs. Um, I love the, the little boy in the back who's like kind of turning and staring, and the dad's like, big eyes. Um, someone told me this was taken at our Walmart. And there's other ways of overreacting. Um, not just dressing up like you're, you're playing Fallout. And this guy, this guy's living in a prepper's paradise, um, I could tell. But there's other ways of overreacting. We can overreact by spreading rumors, conspiracy theories online. And as Christians, we should operate in truth. And we shouldn't overreact. The next thing that, that fear could do is it could cause us to underreact. Fear could cause us to overreact, but it could also cause us to underreact. And I remember one time I hit a deer uh, with my car, my Ford Focus, um, may it rest in peace. Uh, the deer was standing there in the middle of the road, and as I'm approaching, I'm like, that deer's going to move. That deer's going to move. And the other people in the car are like, Ron, you better stop. The deer's not going to move. I'm like, nah, he's going to move. I'm, I was going really, really slow. But the deer didn't move. I didn't stop. And boom, right into the deer. And the deer just stood paral like paralyzed, you know, deer in a headlights, that's where the term comes from, and the deer would not move because it was paralyzed by fear. Paralyzed by fear. And that's what happens. That's what happens. Your brain is saying, don't do anything. Don't move a muscle. If I don't move, then everything will be okay. And on one hand, we have people living in a prepper's paradise overreacting. On the other, we have people saying that, you know, it's all fake news and it's just designed to take down the president or you know, what we're experiencing is not new. We've lived very secure lives in a first world country, but other countries have, have faced this sort of thing. It's not new in the world, it's just new to us because we're so used to living a very secure life where we don't have these sort of trouble. We don't have to deal with this sort of thing on a daily basis. And this can cause people to fear. And as Christians, we're not fueled by fear. We're not fueled by fear. We are fueled by love. And there's a good reason that we're not fueled by fear. In 1 John chapter 4, which is our main text, it says, 
There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. Fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Fear has to do with punishment. And Jesus said, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. We don't need to fear getting sick. We don't need to fear a run on toilet paper or a loss of material possessions. We don't. We don't have to fear those things as Christians because that's not where our hope comes from. That's not where our security comes from. What worries me is that we as a church might miss an opportunity to be salt and light to a world that desperately needs Jesus, that desperately needs hope during this time. And right now, we as Christians have an incredible chance to demonstrate what it looks like to be the people of God operating in the kingdom of God fueled by love, not fear. And many of you are like, yes, let's do it. Let's be the church. It's going to be awesome. In fact, 22 people signed up on our CBC emergency response task force last week and said, I will help. I will help the elderly in our church. I will help those who are stuck. Um, if they need food, if they need errands run, if they're quarantined at home, I will help. I want to help. And that's amazing. And I'm so proud of our church family for doing that. Um, I was just amazed how many people showed up and said, I want to be a part of helping to make this better, to take care of the body of Christ, to take care of our community. And I'm going to talk about how we could do that in a bit and how you can join that team too. But some of you are thinking, I want that. And it sounds nice. I want to be like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to help out my community and I'm going to be the body of Christ in this time. But all you have is fear right now. And anxiety is overwhelming you. And you don't know what to think. And you don't know who to believe. And you want to do the right thing, but fear is a real thing for you right now. What do you do about that? Am I supposed to just fake it till I make it? Like, are you supposed to just pretend that everything's all right and white knuckle through it? What do we do as Christians? Well, we need to back up in the passage to understand that. So we're going to go to verse number seven. Verse number seven says this, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Let's love one another, and that's how we know that we have been born of God. When we love one another, when love is our natural response, when others fear, when others are bitter, when others spread rumors or conspiracies, when our natural response is, what can I do to show the love of God to serve others around me? Then we know that we truly know God and that we have been born of God. That's how we know that we are born of God. And that's how we know that we really know God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And what is love? What exactly is love? Well, we've been over this over and over and over and I'm going to read it again. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, 
but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. And if your go-to response in this moment of a global pandemic is not love, then that means that something is off. Something is misaligned in your faith. My wife's car recently was, had a red light coming on and off, and it was annoying. So uh, we thought about putting tape over it, but then we thought, well, maybe we should go get it looked at. Uh, it turns out she didn't have any oil in the car, which is bad from what I hear. It was making a weird noise. So we had um, my father-in-law, uh, Pastor Joe, listen to it. And he's like, yeah, that's bad. He checks the oil. The dipstick is completely dry. Bad noise. So we took it to Walmart, and they put oil in it, changed the filter, and guess what? The noise went away. It's like magic. I don't know how it works. Um, I don't know much about cars, but it's like magic. <laughs> and... Um, you know, it's the same thing in our lives. When you hear a noise in your car, you hear a knocking sound, you're rubbing sound, you're something like, it's not supposed to sound like that. Then you take your car and you get it looked at. Well, in your, in your spiritual life, when love doesn't come out of you naturally, when it's not the natural response, when it's not regularly oozing out of you, then that means that there's something off. There's something out of alignment. There's something not right. When rudeness comes out, when unkindness or arrogance or envy, when these things come out, that, that should be a sound. It's a sign. It's a, it's a knocking sound. It's a rattle that needs to be looked at. So if your go-to response in this moment of global pandemic is not love, then something is misaligned in your faith. If your go-to response isn't love, then the Bible says that you don't know God. You might know things about God, and I think a lot of us know things about God, but you might not actually know God, and that's okay. It's okay to realize that. I'm not, I'm not wanting you to just feel horrible about yourself in this moment, but we should look at the truth, and we should realize in ourselves, if, if your response is not loving, then maybe you don't really know God like you think you do. You might know things about him, but you don't know him. If in this moment you feel like your team is scoring political points, love doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing. If in this moment you feel entitled to be rude because people are terrible at Walmart, well, love is not rude. If you're feeling the hackles on your neck go up, thinking you need to insist on your own way, that's not love. I don't think that makes you a horrible person. I think many Christians believe that knowing these things is good enough, even though they don't practice these things. But if you don't practice these things, then you're not a follower of Jesus. You might be a follower of yourself, but you're not a follower of Jesus. And you're not like the, the early church, not like the disciples who actually gave their lives in pursuit of following Christ. But if that's you, if that bothers you, and you want to be more loving, then there is incredible hope for you in 1 John chapter 4. Let's, get, let's look at verse 8. Verse 8 says this, Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent not his Son 
that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. God sent his only son into the world. So, okay. Let's get back to um, my, okay, I get it. My lack of love points to a God deficiency in my faith. Maybe you say that. And you realize that your lack of love is pointing to a God deficiency in your faith. Maybe you're saying, I don't do this well, but I want to. How do you get a love injection into your faith and into your heart? How do you do this? It says that anyone who does not know God, um, or anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. But here it tells in verse 9, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us. What does manifest mean? Manifest means this. It says, the love of God was put on display. It was showcased. It was explained. Um, I love YouTube. I like to watch a bunch of YouTube, and I end up uh, down the YouTube black hole. You guys know what I'm talking about? The YouTube black hole where you're like, I'm going to watch this little five-minute video, and then like 50 hours later, you like wake up in a stupor, like, oh my gosh, I've learned so much and nothing at all at the same time. Um, And I like explainer videos, you know, the science videos and the channels, uh, and it's a lot of fun. And this is, this is, it's so educational and it's interesting. And this is what God was doing. When he sent Christ, he was giving us an explainer, an explainer life, demonstrating for us what love really is and what it looks like. And God sent his only son into the world. And he makes a jump here. It's interesting. He makes a jump. He says, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world. Why? So that we would believe on him and receive him and go to heaven someday. Is that what it says? Is that what it says? It says, God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. It's not that those other points aren't important. They're extremely important. But why doesn't he talk about the cross? Why doesn't he talk about the resurrection there? And I guess you could argue he does because he talks about life in Christ. But he said, God sent his son, and then the end game, the end game is very simple, so that you would live through Jesus. That you would live through Jesus. Isn't he missing something? I mean, if you know the story, Jesus was sent to die and rise from the dead. And that's a really big point. And I believe John is wanting to make it plain. He's wanting to shorten it up and simplify things so that we understand it really clear. That Jesus was sent so that you will live through him. Not only believe, not only confess with your mouth, not only receive the Holy Spirit, but to live. To live your life in Christ. The end game is that you would live through Jesus. Not just someday when you die and get some imaginary unicorn pony on the streets of gold. I know what you're your hope is joe (laughs) but right here in 2020 with the covid19 pandemic jesus is supposed to live through you jesus is supposed to live through you and you're supposed to invite him to do that to surrender yourself to allowing jesus to live through you and that's how you become a showcase of god's love that's how you become a showcase of God's love. It's all from him. Look at verse 10. In this is love. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, not that we 
conjured something up or we changed something about ourselves or we became good enough, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. See, love is not something that you, you have or can manufacture on your own. You can't just conjure up love. God is love. So if you want to walk in love, you have to walk in God. And now we see the cross. God wanted you to live through Jesus, to live in love. But that was impossible since our sin prevented us from being with God. Our sin prevented God's spirit from living inside of us. So Jesus paid the death debt that we owed. He paid for that on the cross. And he died and he rose again so that we could live through him. And what does life through Jesus look like? Well, let's look at the text. In verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we are also to love one another. We should love one another. If God so love us, we are also to love one another. When we are living through Jesus, Jesus is living through us, then we are loving one another. And that's both the evidence and the practice of your faith in God. It's the evidence and the practice. Just like running is both the evidence and the practice of your ability to run. If I go out running with Pastor Joe, we will, click, we will quickly see the evidence that I am not ready to run more than about half a mile, if that. <laughs> but we'll see the evidence that Pastor Joe can run six miles, ten miles, that he is in shape and he could do it. And it's the evidence and it's the practice. And how do you get to the evidence? Through the practice. When you exercise love to others in the church and outside the church, you are activating Jesus' life through you. So will you live through Jesus during this time when we're off, when we're at home, when tempers are, are kind of rising, when things are difficult, when anxiety is in the air? Will you live through Christ or will you live through yourself? Will I let Jesus respond to others in love through me or am I going to have something else happen in my life. In verse 12, it says, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Love one another and God abides in us. His love is perfected in us. So that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do as a church. Even though we can't meet together, we can't hug and shake hands and uh, meet in small groups like we, we did. Uh, I think some small groups might be able to meet together, but we'll have to play that by ear. But even though we can't do the same things we, we usually do, we could still do new things. And that's what we're, we're called to do in this time. We could do new things. We're going to love one another. We're going to call each other on the phone. The old-fashioned phone. You know, where you pick it up and, okay, maybe a little newer than that. <laughs> okay, no, a little newer than that. Even newer than that, right? Just <laughs> Bluetooth headphones. We're going to call each other. We're going to Skype. We're going to FaceTime. And I want you guys to be in contact with each other. Call each other up regularly, daily. Say, hey, let me pray with you. Let me pray with you for the elderly in our church, for the elderly in our community. Let me pray for the leaders in charge, um, for the CDC, for the doctors, for our health workers. Let me pray for them. And contact each other. Chat. Facebook message. 
text message each other. We can contact each other and be in constant contact with each other, praying and encouraging one another. Use your YouVersion Bible app, sign up for a plan, invite someone else to read with you, and then you can read daily and leave a little note at the end saying what you learned. It's a fantastic way to connect. And what we're going to do, we're going to, um, we're going to share with each other. I know some of you uh, went out and bought like 300 rolls of toilet paper because you're afraid of the coming apocalypse. And so if someone in our church needs toilet paper, we're going to call on you to share a few rolls. Um, we're going to share the things that we have as, as need be. Um, we're going to message each other. We're going to take care of our elderly. We're going to run errands for them so they could stay home. We're going to go get medication as needed. And we will exercise love as the church. We'll go get food for people if they can't get out or if they're quarantined. And if you want to exercise love as the church during this time, then you could do three things. And I'll close with this. Three things. And this is our emergency response. Number one, you can give to our emergency response fund. And you can click um, right on this page. There's a give link. You can click on that. Select emergency response. We're also going to take up an offering at the end of this for your normal tithing and giving. But if you want to give above and beyond that to the offerings for emergency response, just select emergency response. And anything you give there, we can use to buy food and supplies, cleaning supplies, um, and to help out uh, running errands and things like that for those who need that stuff. And number two, you can join the team. You could click join the team, uh, fill out the form, and then you'll be in our mailing list for our emergency response team. So you'll be notified if we need something, if we need uh, supplies, or if somebody needs a ride, or somebody needs an errand ran, then you could be a part of that team. And then finally, we could pray together. And this is so important that we pray together. And I think this is a really cool opportunity for us to reach beyond the bounds of our normal social groups, because even though we're a family as a church, and uh, we meet together regularly, and we enjoy each other's company. Um, you know, sometimes we're in our, our own groups, and this is a chance for us to reach beyond our, our groups and pray with someone else. So reach out to someone that maybe you don't normally talk to in church, but you know, oh, they sit over there. Reach out to them. Say, hey, we, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Um, I want to encourage you all to pray together. So I'm going to close in prayer this morning, and, um, and then we'll take an offering and be done. Let's pray. Dear God, I trust you and I love you. And God, if there's someone listening on the, the stream this morning who doesn't know you, who their go-to response is not love, I pray they would receive you this morning, that they would confess their sin, that they would invite you into their heart, and they would ask you to lead them, to guide them to be their Savior and their Lord. And God, I pray that we as a body, as a church family, would grow up through this time, would grow up through this, this kind of emergency pandemic situation, that this would be a moment for us to shine, for us to be salt and light, to serve each other and to serve our neighbors and our community. Help us to be the voice of love. Help us to be the voice of reason and hope in a community that's going to get probably more anxious over the, the next days and weeks. God, I pray that you would help us to serve one another and demonstrate to showcase the love of God through you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Each week we take up an offering. Um, if you're visiting with us on the stream, we would love for you to just leave a comment, let us know that you, uh, you stopped by. 
Uh, we'd like to connect with you later. If this is your home church and this is your opportunity to give, you can click the give button up above. You go to cbcfamily.church slash give. Um, all my tithe is given automatic, so it just comes out automatically. Um, so you could do that. And I'll, I'll pray for the offering and then we'll receive that this week. Dear God, we thank you for who you are. We pray that as we give to support uh, both the emergency response and the ministries here at Calvary Baptist Church, that you would bless us and help us to be a church where broken people find hope. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I love you guys. I'm going to try to, um, to do another uh, lesson sometime this week. So maybe Wednesday or something like that, since we don't have a lot of other stuff going on. I'd like to put that up and um, have some devotionals um, besides Sunday. As far as next Sunday, we'll probably be streaming that, um, but we'll let you know that for sure on our Facebook, through email, and also text message. I love you guys, and um, you guys have a good Sunday. All right, God bless.